three, one, oh, one. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me today from the lone planet of Naboo, stuck against his will by the Trade Federation, is Mr. Jam Elias. How you doing, sir? I'm doing very good, Fred, and the only way to get off this damn planet is through those horrible pod races. <laughs> I'm sending Jedis. Have some dip. <laughs> Anyway. It, doesn't get e- it doesn't get easier for an N64 controller either. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's fucked. We'll anyway, um, anyway uh, welcome. It is the week of the release of The Force Awakens, and if you are into Star Wars, that's probably good news, at least until you see it, which you may or may not have done by the time you listen to this. If you are not into Star Wars... I'm sorry, you're probably fucking tired of hearing about it, and we just came off the cusp of two other Star Wars episodes, although to be fair, it was a two-parter on the same week, because we had some technical difficulties, but we did want to wrap it up, it seems appropriate here, and I'm sorry to tell you this, there's going to be more Star Wars shit going live on the website, Mm -hmm. because I haven't played Super (laughs) Return of the Jedi for all of you, and it's the missing link. I will not be beating that game, but I will be playing it and putting that video live. But anyway, um, but welcome. We are talking about Star Wars. We are going to wrap up um, with uh, what ironically will start with the prequel games and be a brunt of our discussion. So that's what we will be talking about. However, before we get into that, wanted a couple of uh, quick statements. Um, First and foremost, uh, Jam, you want to tell people, um, while I look up our sponsor, you want to tell people uh, what... uh, uh, what our game club is for this month. So our game club for this month is the, I'm not going to say just, I was about to say, I was about to put my opinion already, but it is Jade Empire on the original Xbox and PC. Um, pretty easy to find. Is it still free on Origin at the moment? It friends? is currently so, free on Origin, so, although they do not give a date that it stops being oh, okay. free. Yeah, so. so I'm guessing it'll be probably December. Like just a guess maybe but um probably, they probably... tend to do it for a couple of months actually yeah. so oh, okay. you're probably so, yeah. pretty good but you want to do it now because it's mm. us if you do want to get it elsewhere if you want to actually put some money down for this if you get it from goodoldgames.com you do get the soundtrack with it though so that's possibly one incentive to get it there i don't well, know well the the version you get from origin does have the art the oh, soundtrack it, it is a special that's edition fine. of the game they actually did do a pretty thorough bundle some mm. people whine and complain that you have to have the uh, origin service in order oh, to play it for free. Um, at the same time, Jam, I do think the two things you do get, uh, and this does appear to be the good old games version that they put up there, because yep. it naturally supports uh, higher resolutions. It naturally mm-hmm. supports controllers, and it fixed an error that used to happen where the camera would pan around the character. Yeah. Meaning, I don't know how else to put it, but like when you would rotate the camera, instead of the camera like turning you like it should in a third person game, it would pan the camera around the character. So you'd just basically get to look at your character. You wouldn't actually be able to use it to move. And now they fix that. So um, it is pretty good right out of the gate. But 
the GOG version is DRM free. So if you're going to play this on a bunch of yeah. different computers or offline, that would definitely be the better version to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only like six, six dollars. Or... Yeah, there you go. And they were having their sale. I don't know if it's still going on, but uh, but yeah. So, uh, funnily enough, actually, Jade Empire wasn't in the sale. <laughs> oh well, fuck me. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, chatters seem to like it, or at least Psy One does. And um, mm-hmm. I'm playing through it for my first time. Um, I'm a little early into it, but uh, but. Without getting into anything, what I can say is uh, my views are somewhat positive. Yeah, about, actually, yeah. somewhat positive. Sorry, tentatively positive, not somewhat <laughs> positive. I'm enjoying my first three hours, but I'm only three hours in. Mm-hmm. So, um, another seventeen to go. <laughs> ah, that's cool. It'll be no problem. Uh, also, our sponsor this week. Uh, we've talked about them before, but it is Cat and Fox. Cat and Fox ranked to number two on the All Games ratings last week, beating us. So congratulations to them. Um, and uh, you can find Cat and Fox uh, every Wednesday night live here on All Games, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So there you go. Uh, all right. Um, oh, yeah, and Jam, real quick, we uh, we did get the Tomb Raider uh mm-hmm live the uh, mm-hmm. game club clocked right. in over three hours one of our heftiest ones <laughs> yet. <is> that right <laughs> we also have more than four thousand words in two different reviews that went live today <laughs> on that so if you're not tomb raidered out uh you should be um but that's all live as well so anyway um and we will have the gaming history x going live jam and i ran out of time this weekend or last weekend so we'll hopefully record it this weekend but stay tuned for some announcements if you are a patreon backer check your messages you will be getting a message from me very shortly so anyway with that let's talk about star wars yes um we are going to continue on with the uh the show uh we left off on rogue squadron uh three rebel strike Got a review of that going live finally soon. I just uh, hadn't gotten to it yet. Um, you had some um, footage of the arcade games as well, didn't you, recently? I so. did. I did. There was no Lost... Well, the Lost Treasures of Gaming was a repeat of something we had already done. So yeah. uh, so there's that. Although, if you guys are big fans of Don't Nod like I am, I was very pleased to see they were on for this week's Lost Treasures of Gaming. And I get to show you guys footage of Remember Me come Friday. So stay tuned for that game i really dig that game uh there is a review live on the site but i'll be doing the lost treasures of gaming on remember me this week so um but uh but yes yes i did do the arcade footage but i also played through the actual game um don't ask me why my daughter was just very amused watching it so no there you go we played through it on a saturday afternoon um took about five hours when that used to be like acceptable for a game, I hadn't unlocked all the secret content and whatnot, but it I, mm. I did get through what I would consider to be a brunt of the main storyline. So, anyway, um, alrighty, and uh, much praise given to the uh, Jade Empire soundtrack. So, if nothing else, get Origin just to get the free soundtrack. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> it is embedded in the game, though. You will have to download the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway. So before we get started with this, uh, I think it's important with The Force Awakens coming out right now and uh, with the fact that all the these games we're going to be talking about are predominantly based around the release of Episode 1 in 1999, 
I want to talk a little bit about what happened in 1999, about the phenom of the release of uh, Star Wars Episode One. Maybe we could all share some stories, uh, those of us in the chat and you yourself, Jam, mm-hmm. and kind of get a little realistic about what happened then and kind of where we look at now, and maybe shed some light on some people who are enjoying a Star Wars theatrical release for their first time this weekend. Because <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I could be... I could be, uh, um, oh, hold on. The first couple of times music came up. Oh, yeah, sorry, Clue Drew. I tend to throw in songs from the soundtrack into the game club, and even Jam himself does not know what I'm going to do because I do it in post. So, yes, uh, I just find clever moments to insert music from various soundtracks. So that's mm-hmm. what happened. Anyway, <clears throat> so... Jim, were you a Star Wars fan and going to the movies in 1999 when this movie, when uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace, premiered? I would say yes at this stage, absolutely. Um, and it was quite a nice place to be in, really, because we, we didn't really know at this point what sort of The Phantom Menace was going to be. Um, no, you know, I just remember being psyched to fuck about yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, just for clarity, uh, released on May 19th, 1999. So it was mm-hmm. early summer. Uh, in fact, just before summer, one would say. Mm. Um, and I think we went into the movie knowing that, uh, was it Jake Lloyd was going to be playing a young nine-year-old Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, trying remember to remember. that first image, you know, of him with the, with the shadow. That was that. The, that was yeah, the Darth Vader shadow. Head. In fact, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good shot if people haven't mm. seen it. In fact, let me see if I can, uh, I'll try to pull one up for Free. the chat. Should be pretty. Yeah, it's it's easy to find. It's relatively prolific. Um, but uh, but yeah. So there was that. The other thing I remember from it was um, well, we knew you and McGregor would be playing Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember wondering. We knew Qui Gon Jinn was in it, but I don't know if we knew that mm. Liam Neeson was playing specifically Qui-Gon Jinn or how he actually fit in there. We just kind of knew Liam Neeson was playing a Jedi. But mm. maybe I'm wrong. Did you did we go into this knowing I I didn't really I didn't, I didn't know I didn't know much about Liam Neeson at this time to be fair. I knew a lot <clears> about Ian <throat> McGregor because he was um in a lot of my favorite films at the time like Train Spotting in a film called Shallow Grave which is very Have you ever seen that Fred? Pardon? Uh, a film called Shallow Grave? Shallow Grave. No. Yeah, it's a it's a film that came before um, Train Spotting. I'm guessing you've seen that. Please tell me you've seen that film. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a huge fan of both the uh, book and the movie. But um, yeah, and I liked the movie better, so I'm a bad person. Uh, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I think the film is a lot better. So, but uh, but yeah, actually, uh, now you got me wondering. Maybe I have seen Shallow Grave because it starts. It's very low budget. It's. Um, it's very very small cast and it's very under that was one of Sylvia McGregor's very early roles he's got long hair in it and everything and it's just so I have not seen Shallow Grave I confirmed Mm. uh I may wait wait yes I do this is with the three friends and they like kill somebody don't they that's right okay yes I have seen this movie yes really good film Carrie Fox does an amazing job in this Mm mm-hmm this was like the dark version of the movie Threesome, if you've ever seen that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had no idea this was Danny Boyle. It is, yeah, it's Danny Boyle. It's one of his yeah, early. Somehow we've piggybacked this into a Danny Boyle podcast. Let's change the subject. No, no, no. Shallow Grave, great film. Anyway. 
but it's just that i was a big fan of you mcgregor before this film so you know, and hearing that he was going to be in star wars was pretty exciting mm-hmm. yeah I, I i think i think it was exciting just hearing about um uh, <laughs> here's the debates <laughs> about the book versus the movie I said that just because I knew that was coming. Anyway, um, so so yes, uh, I just remember going into that. I remember people camping out forever. I lived in Chicago at the time, so um, <clears throat> and I was in high school. I was a senior in high school. So seeing that movie, uh, actually, sorry, ninety nine. I was a junior in high school in May of '99. So okay, I, was, I was just starting secondary school. Well, no, I, I, I'd have been in my second year of secondary school, I think. Yeah. It's a bit different over here, the educational system. But <laughs> yes, I was on year 11 in the whole school system. There are 12 <laughs> in ours, unless you go to university or college, as we put it. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, and I remember that being a big deal. Everybody wanted to see it, but you couldn't camp out because the movie came out on like a Friday, I think. It might have been a Wednesday release, but I think it was a Friday. And uh, we had we had to go to school. <laughs> so, <laughs> there were no pre-selling of tickets to my knowledge but perhaps there were certain theaters that did it mm-hmm. um what basically happened was like everybody else we just all piled into the theater friday night and uh had yep. shitty seats and were really disruptive um and watched the movie <laughs> yep, sounds <about> right. <laughs> and i had a girlfriend at the time so i had a girl uh-huh. with me which kind of got me some brownie points she had mm-hmm. boobs too which got me brownie oh, wow. points as well <laughs> yes. not that most girls who were 17 18 didn't but uh, at the Star Wars movies, I don't know. There was still some of that stereotypical nerdism that uh, got you some sort of credibility um, mm-hmm. and and got you into a better seat. But I mean, we're really talking about. I was in the fourth row instead of the first row, so it's not like you know, you know, there was mm-hmm. there was a whole lot of begats. Um, and I remember hype going into this was like, how could it possibly be bad? Right? Exactly. People yep, writing yep. articles, reading on the internet oh, from fanboys. So yeah, all the videos on street corners because the news had to cover it, and everybody yeah. pretty much had the same feelings in their minds, which was the 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 original trilogy was so pivotal and so important, right? And then to mm-hmm. grow hype for this, they did the special editions, which we should have known there in '97 when those special yeah. editions came out, and he started fucking with the original movies <laughs> that we were probably going to have some problems. Yeah. Um. But he hadn't screwed with them quite like the state they're in right now when you watch them on Blu-ray. Like, yeah, it wasn't, a, yeah, it wasn't that bad at that point. Yeah, there's a lot of changes. Um, and I still have the, the original Laserdisc version of Ooh. the non-special editions. Cool. Yeah, that I've ripped and burned to um, DVD. So the quality mm-hmm. is not fantastic. Looks kind of like a 360p YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is uh, 5.1 original Dolby Digital Sound. It is, it is the original movies. Um, and I don't think necessarily like it's sacrilege to watch the other versions. The Blu-ray copies look gorgeous, and I'm not going to go out on a limb and download those crazy copies that, you know, look great, but was like some guy doing a hack job, a very good hack job, but like an unauthorized version that I got to download on a BitTorrent. I'm not going to do all that. But um, <clears throat> I don't know. But we, we should have known. And I think people were going on board and saying, for the record, um, mm-hmm. this is going to be as monumentous and pivotal as the original trilogy was. And I mean, even at 17, I don't know, Jam, I was a little... The original Star Wars was a phenomenon, but I don't think it was quite revered yet as the phenomenon it would become, you know, yeah, in 1977. Yeah. You know, it was big, but I, I just don't think it was... 
it, it, they knew it was going to be that big. I think the, the real phenomenon is that Star Wars is still kind of growing in popularity to this day, even before the, yeah. the, the Force Awakens even come out. Um, yes. I know a lot of people that might be will probably get some criticism here. It's not really criticism, but people are going to say the hype that obviously came before episode one is probably mirroring quite similar to the hype that's being um, presented at the moment, except this time we've got more things like social media. We've got internet websites covering it more. Whereas back then, from my personal perspective, it was more, as you said, on the news. It was on TV more, um, you know, newspapers, billboards, those sort of things. That I don't even think we had internet, at least not with my parents. My parents are very late to the party with <laughs> I mean, we had internet, but I think it was still a minute-to-minute basis. Yeah. Maybe it was. It was definitely not, you know, high speed. So yeah. it was even if it was at like whatever twenty-eight-eight or fifty-six k, um, it was dial-up still. But it might have gone unlimited by then. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, for yeah, America we've, Online, if we had it, we would have only had dial-up at that point. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, news groups, though, real big in news groups. Mm-hmm. Porn and Star Wars. That's about all I was looking up in May 1999 <laughs> in news groups. Um, occasionally video game footage of like emulators and stuff. Uh, but that was about it. Emulators, that was the third one. What's up, Simon Belmont? Welcome to the chat. Um, so, yeah. So, Jam, you saw it. What'd you mm-hmm. think? What did you think first impression of the fan Well, that, I have to say, first impression, I it, yeah, the, it, the surprising bit that I actually quite liked was the pod racing scene because that just that just seemed quite different. It oh, fantastic! Quite, Many would cinematic. argue the pod racing scene is what that movie's really about. And then the obviously the second bit, which is probably what's become my favorite part to this day, is the the last fight at the end with um, Darth oh, Maul, who is by far the best part of that film. Really, uh, it's also that score. What's it called? It's the the, the ju- um, is that. The jewels, or, or I'm gonna get, I've got it wrong. I, I just I looked it up just the other day. <laughs> the, um, uh, Duel of Fates. Duel of Fates. Duel yeah, of Fates, that, that's AKA score, Darth Maul's theme. Pretty much that that is a fantastic piece of music. Um, in the, even to this day, regardless of whether people, because I know obviously people not so fond of the prequels now, but that that piece of music still holds up regardless. So. Um. And Kluju says, it just occurred to me, are the non-combat members of the Jedi Order still knights? Yes, of course, because as you know, Sir Alec Guinness is a knight. Although to my knowledge, he has never actually <laughs> gone into combat in the name of the, of, of the throne. I think. <laughs> I also believe Sir Sean Connery has been knighted and never gone into combat in the name of the throne either. <laughs> so I would say once a knight, always a knight. And if you're wearing a lightsaber, that means you're ready to go. You know, I think, uh, you know, in America, we have the army reserves. Just because you haven't gone into combat doesn't mean you aren't a soldier in wait. So, but uh, anyway. What were your Co- thoughts, brother? What? What were your first impression thoughts of the film? Um, I think now I really <laughs> dig the Darth Maul fight scene um mm-hmm. i really appreciate it in probably more so a way than before i do always remember the song being prolific it always plays yeah. when darth maul is present and they see <clears throat> here's a thing and i don't want to get too deep into this but lucas did a fantastic job of making darth maul the same if not more secretly like f- like something you would fear in the in in secret yeah as he did with Darth Vader in the original movie. In fact, I think Darth Maul is even more secretive. And as we've learned in effective storytelling, or at least a, a theory I tend to subscribe to, is the less you show and the more you imply, especially if the yeah. audience gets to figure it out, the more effective it is. Mm. 
So the only thing that sucked was we, I mean, we kind of get a feel for, you know, Qui-Gon's abilities, although we never really see him fight till the end. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, it's kind of irrelevant. And then Darth <laughs> yeah. Maul, you know, he whips out his dual lightsaber and it's all fun and games. Which is um, so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 it was. And so I think he did really well, but it was, it's... It, he kind of developed Darth Maul like a horror movie in that we see we finally see the Jason character unmasked and we see what it is and we come face to face with that in the closing moments of the movie but then he kills him off and that's that the other thing I hated was he killed off Qui-Gon Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, where the fuck do you go from there? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And I-, <laughs> and I know what he's thinking as a storyteller. Well, I've got to have Obi-Wan teach Anakin to be a Jedi. But you didn't have to go so fast into it. He came too soon. Like, he, he, he really, you know, I hate to use this metaphor because it is kind of gross, but it's the most appropriate I can come up with. He blew his load too fast with both Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn. And... Not to go too deep with this, but I think we would all agree that episode two could use a lot of cleaning up. And boy, would it have been great to see Qui-Gon and Darth Maul return and Jar Jar die off. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one thing. Um, Wishful thinking. (laughs) There was, uh, I always loved um, the pod racing scene. The biggest reason I loved the pod racing scene was because um, I think Lucas is particularly effective with that. He was uh, great with it in American Graffiti, and I think he continued to show his chops with that. Um, uh, he does great with the chase sequences in space for uh, for Star Wars. And then, I mean, there are other examples. I don't want to go too deep into Lucas's library, but Star Wars is what he's best known for, and Pod Racing finally gave him an opportunity to kind of bring it to the ground and make it more like cars. I think that was highly effective. It's a really long scene, but we we don't really care. Yeah, I mean, and it and it shows us Ara Singh, who is one of my favorite characters from Episode One. Who, unless you read Expanded Universe, you don't know anything really about her. But she's a badass bounty hunter. Um, but yeah, like <clears throat> there there are things about uh, that I really like. It it does a good job of throwback stuff because we're back on Tatooine. We get the Tusken Raiders taking pot shots at the uh, at the um, uh, the uh, the pod racers. Yeah, the- Mm-hmm. We get to see the influence of the huts. I don't know. I thought it was a really good tying moment, but it's like the tightest thing that that movie had to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that for the record, and I'm sorry to sound like everybody else, I hated Jar Jar from the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Fucking loved Watto though. Watto was good, but uh, I did not like Jar Jar. <laughs> um, and. Uh, and for some reason, maybe it was because my parents had recently gone through a divorce. I was having a real fucking hard time with how easily <laughs> Shmi Skywalker hands her son over to these people and just goes, it's your destiny. <laughs> like, there wasn't enough room on the fucking ship to bring along the guy's mom. Like, and I know, I know people will go at me. Ah, it's not the way of the Jedi Order. None, they're all fucking at boarding school. Didn't you see episode three? None of those kids have their parents there and this and that. It just was a little hard for me to swallow. Um wasn't really that it was more the fact that she's still in slavery which is pretty pretty dark yes <laughs> i think simon belmont's kidding but he says my favorite parts were jar jar binks romance between anakin and padme and greedo <laughs> shooting han solo first <laughs> so anyway 
Um, and I remember one thing I do remember about Jar Jar was people reading way too deep into it. Mm-hmm. I didn't look at him and go, oh, well, this is white America's take on Aboriginal or, you know, even, um, you know, on Aboriginal Africans or people with a, a you know, uh, or pigeon or people who are African-American with the official African, you know, dialect and stuff. I remember hearing a lot about this, that or the other or taking stabs at, at nationalities I didn't even know existed and I just don't think he thought that deep into it guys I just I think he just had someone make up a cute little cartoony voice and he sat there with his gobbler and was like oh that is fantastic you are Jar Jar you know <laughs> like I think that's how it went down um but oh, it's uh, annoying it's the- <clears throat> Uh, Tiger Claw says prequels are an acquired taste. You love them or hate them, and I have problems with them. I enjoyed them when I saw them. Yes, and so well, yeah. yeah. So anyway, we could dissect all three movies, and that would be its own podcast. So I, I don't want to get too deep into it. <laughs> and <laughs> I want to say for the record, midi chlorians didn't matter to me then. I remember when they were revealed in that 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 was how they kind of decided Jedi's, and I remember taking that at the time on face value. I sat there with my you know with your lower lip kind of pursed out, and you're like, mm. yes, yes, I like that. Yes, okay, it's in your blood. Okay, I get that. It's a parasite. The Force is. Um, <laughs> how about you? Did did midi chlorians? <laughs> It wasn't just the middle chlorians, but you know, a lot of the complaints these days, obviously, all is the over politi- political sort of tones the films has, and a lot of that just went over my head to start with on the, fir- the first one. I didn't even notice like it when agree. people started pointing it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, which was actually a lot later, to be honest. I mean, yeah, people said about middle chlorians and all that crap, and but when when you watch a Star Wars film, um, you, you know, and this is my opinion, is that you just kind of just on it for the ride. You take it Thank with you. a pinch of salt. People are just so passionate about Star Wars. Now, I know I'm not criticizing people. It's 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 nice to see. I, we've said this on many times on the podcast. It's um, about games, um, about certain series. It's nice to see people be passionate. But boy, do people think a bit too deeply into these things. It's just you know, it's a concept that just George Lucas obviously came up with. You know, it's, it, it it just didn't obviously hit people as well as they wanted. But I don't think it ruins the sort of the franchise having them in there. <laughs> Yes, and I do think that you're right. I, I think, as with anything, um, fans are great. Uh, it's when you go mm. a little too deep with it that it begins to become, you know, rough. Um, mm. You start to think of, like, Bubsy's fans. Sorry, Bubsy fans. Um, or Metal Gear Solid fans. I could go on for days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I do want to point out was i remember coming out of the movie and going wow that was fucking good Hmm. yeah oh i remember that very distinctly i remember most of us in the audience walking out and being like fuck yeah there might have been a little bit in me that was like you know (laughs) it's no jedi and a lot of people didn't like that one too because i don't know if you remember this but jedi was the old um beanbag you'd punch into right people used to yeah, attack Ewoks, jedi all the time the Ewoks and stuff yeah watch clerks watch a pre episode one clerks and you'll see what the star wars fans kind of thought in 1994 of the trilogy and uh <laughs> yeah people constantly criticize the muppets the you know which i should point out warwick davis among many other midgets and children uh <laughs> sorry small people and children were responsible for um the Ewoks, they were not Muppets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. 
I remember arguments about Lando Calrissian flying the Millennium Falcon being yep, talked about. I remember that. Yeah. So, so again, there was always like something to bitch about. Uh, but I remember coming out of that first one thinking, oh, this is awesome. And I think it, episode one had that harmful thing where the internet kind of evolved in the two years between episode one yeah, and two. Yeah, it did. It really did. And people uh, started going ape shit and we weren't i don't know i wasn't hip to that idea that i could read something on the internet and suddenly my thoughts were not my own (laughs) i was plagiarizing people's perspectives (laughs) like flat out um and uh by the way uh those of you wonderful people in the chat uh, i i am reading your stuff um there's a lot of great uh, discussion about some of these controversial topics which is why i recommend everybody come out tuesday at 7 p.m eastern standard time join into our chat uh i do want to kind of get the momentum rolling on it so please keep it up we are reading it and we will chime in Mm -hmm. um but uh, i don't want to go uh, too deep into it, but uh, Clue Drew, Kassin, Yogi, Tiger Claw, many others talking about um, uh, yes, and Kassin talking to me, that's the one thing I will address is when I uh, fixed the, the fact that I said midgets was because <laughs> it is a derogatory term to some but as long as you don't mean it in an offensive way apparently it's not too bad, I hope that's true I didn't mean it as offensive um, but, uh, and Simon Belmont points out that, yeah, 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special, even Disney is trying to pretend that didn't exist. Yep. <laughs> uh, and by the way, the fucking riff tracks of that, which is probably one of the easiest, most legal ways to get that, fucking mm-hmm. amazing. Um, but, uh, and the original Star Wars Droids show, no, that was good. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> but yes, there, there are a lot of things that came out of that. But I do remember that the internet and, uh, Star Wars fans as a collective whole. Now, I'm not saying that they're wrong or that we wouldn't have come to this conclusion on our own because I think everybody had a bad taste in their mouth after episode two. But you started to hate that movie more and more. Episode one, I mean. I remember we bought the VHS. No, it was on DVD. My DVD copy is from the original DVD release. You bought the DVD when it came out in 2000 or maybe it was mm-hmm. Holiday 99 and you still stuck with it. Like I remember going like, it's not great but i'm in i'm still in you know and um yeah i just i i just remember turning on that movie more and more as time went on and then the phantom edit came out which gets rid of jar jar uh still an interesting watch um and then there are other ones where they basically recut the film to be about a kid's pod racing career and at the very end he just flies (laughs) off to become a jedi uh there's some great re-edits of phantom menace um but uh and it gave us Darth Maul and I think that was my biggest takeaway was Darth Maul was fucking yeah. badass so uh and then I don't know we'll we'll talk about this very briefly but Jam what was your thoughts uh, for the second one I thought that Lucas doesn't know how to develop romance whatsoever it was so long and boring and yeah. then the third one you were like well you know what he's got to get back to episode one or episode four and he knows kind of where his trajectory's got to go. Like even we could have kind of written that bare bones plot. Mm. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I can do this. We can do this. We've already seen Yoda hop around like an idiot, which I thought was totally great when I was like 19. I don't care for as much now that I'm older. Um, but it was a great fucking McDonald's cup or something. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um and then the third one came out and it was, it was pretty good. You know, I laughed at the no scream at the end and all that stuff, but all in all, I think 
I came out of it thinking, you know, this is kind of the strongest. There are many essays have been written that that third movie kind of unfolds very similar to a video game, and those aren't lost on me. Go watch that scene where Anakin and Padme are in the uh, uh, the robot factory. Oh, actually, I think that's episode two. Take that back. I think that's episode two. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But what about you? Like, uh, I mean, is that kind of like, what are your thoughts on the rest of the trilogy without getting into too many details? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. The um, two was a bit, went a bit over my head. I didn't, I didn't think that that film was that great. Um, I'm trying to, I might not have even seen that in the cinema because I think it was, that was when I was quite busy in time in my life, actually. I did see it on sort of VHS of all things, <laughs> would you believe? So um, I was late to the party with DVDs. Um, um, I, I thought, in my opinion, that a lot of the stuff that was in um, Revenge of the Sith, the third episode, should have probably been sort of stretched out into episode two because it felt like the last one, they were really packing in this sort of epic conclusion into quite a... It was a long film anyway, was it two hours or something? But they could have yes. easily sort of spaced it out a bit more because then there, there was just... There was, they seemed like they really rushed that ending just to get Anakin to Darth Vader when it could have been a bit better prepared um, in Attack of the Clones, but... Oh well, it, it is what it is. Um, I actually saw Revenge of the Sith, um, like the, I saw the premiere of that in Cambridge um, when I was at university at the time. So that was quite exciting. The only thing that I wasn't too fond of is that, well, they're, they're funny. This is actually a funny story. We all love some really funny stories on the podcast. I remember getting into an argument with my friend because he he was a Star Wars hardcore fan, and the, of course the cinema Fred was overbooked for the midnight launch. So and apparently because it was so overbooked, the, the cinema manager said, OK, look, we're just going to open two two screenings in the midnight showing. And he basically said to us, would you like to go to the second screening? He says, the only problem is, he says, is it's going to the film will start five minutes after the other one starts. And I said to my friend, let's just go to the we were with quite a big group of people as well. So it's like eight of us, I think. And we um, I said to him, let's just go to the other screen because it was just so we would have to have sat, sat at the front in like this horrible, horrible place in the cinema. I wasn't the best sort of location. And because my friend was such a kind of like purist, he says, no, I have to see this before like you know anyone else. He was like, no, I he refused. Even though it was five minutes difference, he insisted we went into the first, you know, into the other showing. I was like, oh god, <laughs> and the other <laughs> cinema was practically empty. It's there just you like, go. Come yeah, on. of course. That actually, yeah, little little pro tip here for people going to the movies. Um, the second, if there are two showings like back to back, like within 15, 20 yeah. minutes, usually the later one uh, is is much less. You know, unless you're on opening weekend, it could go either way. But yeah, you will always find less people in the slightly later showing. Mm. I mean, but. I didn't mind at the end of the day. I mean, you, but it's just that I'm one of those kind of people that I, I don't like sort of sitting right at the front in front of the screen. It's just not I, I like to kind of you know just get a bit further back. And I'm not I'm not I'm not too fond of like a complete packed out cinema. I like because I, I don't like heckling. I don't like people heckling at the screen and stuff like it's really irritating. So. I don't know, that's just i guess mm-hmm. that's part of me being british i guess but that um, must be because in chicago i there was it was always mst3k just yeah. nowhere near as funny <laughs> i was about to say as well I've, I've experienced american cinema as well um, um this, we're assholes. that's a different story where, where people yeah where americans heckle and everything and cheer at the credits and all that crap but so. yeah i remember the first time fucking people got up and did a standing ovation to yeah. a theater screen and i was like fuck are you doing like I'm looking left and so right. Now. I'm like, this is a thing we do now, huh? The guy up in the projection booth is like, yep, that was a damn fine cut of those reels I did. 
<laughs> anyway, um, and people are talking now about the older Star Wars games. We talked about uh, Star Wars Chess, which will take you three hours in order to uh, uh, beat, you know, play a single game because of the load times that are so long before each battle. But anyway, all right. So <clears throat> now let's jump into the games. So the reason I bring all this up is because that's what we kind of go into in late 1999 when the first games start coming out. And we already knew some of them were coming, right? Like we knew episode one was going to come, but we also kind of knew episode one racer was coming. Mm -hmm. And I remember that one being, I was like a little like, Oh, why is there a racer game? Why is there an N64 bundle for it? I know, yeah, N64, but I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but before we get into that, let's mm -hmm. talk a little bit about Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, yeah. the uh, PC PlayStation 1 game. Now, I have not played this game. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, I have? Yes, please indulge us. Uh, let me know kind of what this is about. Um the developer was Big Ape Productions. I don't know them too well, but LucasArts did supervise and publish it. So, And looking at it over here... Woo! The retro crowd on emulator sites really like this game, but I, oddly enough, they're getting the game for free, so they really like every game. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> didn't review very well, sir. So what do you I'm think? Su I'm surprised by that. I mean, I didn't mind the game, but the game is not perfect. Absolutely not. It's... Um, it you know it, it it was like it was a very passable kind of it's a, it's a weird game actually because it, it mixes in quite a few sort of different styles it has your it has your it has your lightsaber battling but you switch between characters you start off as Obi Wan and you've got your lightsaber you do that infamous opening which I, I always thought when I watched the film yeah you know, that bit where they're all fighting the droids I thought that would make a great video game level and ironically it is in quite a few video <laughs> right, games yeah <laughs> so um, and. Um, and it's fun but then they just the problem with i found with the game is the obligatory platforming sort of sections and remember this is a ps1 and pc game with those horribly clunky kind of tank controls um which just don't really fit in with the kind of the tone of the game and it just felt really out of place so you've got these like jumping puzzles and it, it that those are the and bits how does stuff. it handle platforming oh, well terribly okay <laughs> so that's what i was to a halt. Yeah, yeah okay okay <laughs> And, and you've got Jar Jar Binks in this game as well, you know, in case oh, that wasn't enough yeah. troll. <laughs> but, um, but, but, but overall, I didn't, I didn't completely hate the game. It was, it was force pushes in it. Yeah, uh, and exactly. I think that's important to note because force push was used in the previous movies, uh, but the, it was it, watch those the <laughs> the Phantom Menace. It's used a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it's because there's so many droids that it just makes sense to kind of push them around. Mm -hmm. By the way, the droidicas, those were a cool addition to the uh, the droids with their own um, uh, shield generators. Mm. Do you remember those? The battle droids yeah, yeah. that it, like rolled in? Those guys yeah. were great. And, um, <laughs> you know, without them, we wouldn't have all those bullshit uh, portable shield generators in Battlefront to yell at now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds really cool. Like, I mean, I mean, if you go into it with an open mind, I don't know. Yeah, that, that, I guess that's that's the kind of thing. Is it is if you got yeah if you go into it with an open mind. I think for the time, even though the game reviewed badly, well badly. Oh, I'm Jam, I figured out the problem. Mm -hmm. The game was a critical bestseller in the UK, so it's one of those oh, that, well, things. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, it we we've <laughs> talked true. about this a lot lately. Where um, yeah, you can't. It does. 
it doesn't transcend uh, the, the two areas. But yes, your neck of the woods really dug this game, actually. Mm. So, um, real quick, I wanted to address a couple things in the in the chat. One thing was Simon Belmont said, uh, "Yeah, it's odd that only Battlefront came out this year." Um, actually, I think that is Disney being playing it very close to the chest and very yeah. careful with what they do video game wise with star Wars, as we will get into in this episode. And we're kind of hinting at, um, the quality of star Wars becomes questionable and we won't get to those games, but like, I really have some very negative things to say about the force unleashed. And that was seen as some of the best of the recent star Wars games. So that tells you everything you kind of need to know. Um, there are outliers like Knights of the Old Republic, but they are few and far between, and not everybody wants an RPG out of their Star Wars game. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, so there's that. But uh, but I think they are deciding to not do the movie adaptation one because the the plot has been as best it can kept under wraps, and uh, the second you start showing development studios this stuff or making a game adaptation, which we inevitably will expect to be shit. Um, you know, you kind of shoot yourself <laughs> in the foot. So I think they were being very yeah. careful to not do Pretty stuff much. like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I would, and I think this might even be a good thing, like to see once this goes and if it takes off and is popular, and then when the plot isn't so hush-hush, to see a good studio make something out of it. That could be cool. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Uh, next game? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll check that out at some point. I don't know. How long is it? It's not that long. Is it long? It's not. Is that well? I don't need an hour count or anything. I just mean, it's got a, it's got a reasonable amount of levels. It does cover sort of a wide spectrum of. It pretty much covers um, various scenes from the film. It expands a lot of the scenes. Do from the you film. fight Darth Maul? You do, of course, you do. Right at the end. Okay. Yeah. And do you do you have to die? <laughs> no, not quite. Is there a quick time but, event? No, it's not time yet. But is there a oh, quick time event the, where you die way before that thing? <laughs> <laughs> I believe you do the you don't you don't fight as you don't play as Qui Gon although you do play as Qui Gon in a different level um, when you're on the boo in fact. Um, but oh no, man, so the level where you, they're fighting, you get to be Obi Wan just slowly walking yeah. through force fields like fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. I can see why everybody loved it. Anyway. Um, so okay, well, so I guess maybe check it out. <laughs> but. Um, uh, I, but just, yeah. I still have a copy of this game. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but I do think probably the biggest uh, of these games was the Star Wars um, Episode One uh, Pod Racer, or Episode One Racer, shall I say? Um, and this I remember it came out, and I wasn't sure, I guess, what to feel about it, and then it ended up being a pretty damn good game. I, I was surprised by this because mm -hmm. I, I wasn't really a huge fan of racing games back then. And that probably has carried over today. Um, so, but because it was like the hot ticket at the time, I, and I had an N64, I thought, eh, cause everybody just raged about this game. Everyone was like, Oh yeah. You know, episode one racer. It's awesome. <gasps> yes. And I, we should point out this came out on uh, PC, uh, Nintendo 64 Game Boy color. Although I've never touched that version. Uh, Dreamcast, and eventually after yeah. the fact, they made an arcade version. Mm -hmm. uh, the Dreamcast and arcade version is coming later. So one thing that probably helped this a lot was it was internally developed at LucasArts. Another thing that probably helped it a lot was Nintendo had its hand in it. 
So Nintendo was just the publisher, but Nintendo did still, yeah. offer a lot of feedback as they tend to do in games that they take care of. Uh, Eternal Darkness, right? Sanity's yep. Requiem? Yeah, yep. same thing. Um, I don't know if they had as much a hand in either of these, but I can tell you Eternal Darkness, they published it, but they were constantly working closely uh, with Silicon Knights uh, on the development of it. Um, But first (laughs) and foremost, I mean, this game came out as like a a PC N64 release right (laughs) at the same time as the movie. And it made sense, right? Because they could publicize it. They could show it off. They didn't have to spoil any of the movie because this really was a a racer. People now refer to it as like Wipeout or F Zero. I guess I see that. I just didn't see it at the time. I made I, it its own yeah, thing. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you want to go like whole sci-fi racer thing, then yeah, sure. Um, the the only difference is the sort of Wipeout. Like you mentioned Wipeout. That one's mm-hmm. I, kind of, I always kind of thought that was kind of futuristic Mario Kart because you had like power ups and weapons and stuff in that. Whereas this is more Good of point. a just like a racer, really. Although. The um, episode one racer was surprisingly deep with its. You could like you know tweak your sort of engines and stuff, yes. and you could, which I thought was quite you know quite impressive. Yeah, fully for the customizable time. Uh, pod racers. Um, you kind of had a connection to the characters, especially because you could kind of go see this movie. The the whole idea, and it was pretty accurate, um, was you could go see the movie and then go um, and then go home and and play. Um, which for me, I always wanted to be Sebulba. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly well, they didn't have per se <laughs> weapons. They did have like secret boosts and stuff. Some people could boost ahead. Some yeah. people could like knock out the person next to them. I mean, there were ways you could fuck with the race, mm. um, but just not in, in such a way. Yeah, because there's damage as well. You had like a little damage counter next to you. Yes, yes. There's a damage the counter. engines can go out. <laughs> Uh, the frame rate was great, 60 frames. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, rock-solid frame rate. Um, mm. uh, you got 60 frames even back then, so they knew what the they N64. needed to make a good racer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the N64 is capable of that. Graphics still a little blurry as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm <laughs> um, sorry to say, but uh, uh, I do think another thing that helped it was, um, uh, was and I'm trying to remember if you could do this, couldn't you do the four-person grid-based N64 multiplayer, or was it just two-player split-screen? No, I have to just look that up, but I'm, I think it was just two-player. Okay, yeah, it's looking like it was just two-player on both Dreamcast and on um, N64. Uh, but I don't know. I just remember this was one of the first games where I was... Uh, and this would actually prompt my, my then... And, and still love for arcade racers mm-hmm. where just as shit would fly by you so fast, um, you'd really, you know, you'd really, uh, get into it. And, uh, and, and man, I remember just, you crash once on those time trials and you're like, fuck this. Okay. You pause <laughs> and you'd restart the whole race, right? Because you needed that time trial to work. Um, you needed to do it perfectly. This like mm-hmm. started off my, my love of perfect, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I don't know. I was thoroughly impressed with it, even though I went into it with very low expectations. It became, I remember playing it at my cousin Rudy's house. He mm-hmm. got the the bundle in 1999, the holiday season for the N64. He got his N64 a little late, got the bundle. Maybe it was his brother who got the bundle. Mm. And uh, then we went over there and we were just playing the shit out of it all night long. I remember being crazy fast as well, like mm-hmm. you know, absurdly quick, like you know, like 
It is. It is absolutely. And especially when you get to the higher, uh, you know, once you have like the the stronger racers. Well, because everything was unlockable. That was another thing. It it was one of the first games with like tiered unlockables, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like F-Zero and various other racers kind of had it, but not in such a progression like we see now. Right? I think you had to start off as Anakin. Uh, there was like a career mode where I think Anakin was your only choice. Um, but there was kind of like an exhibition mode where you had, a, you had a choice for a few people, but generally you wanted to kind of play as Well, you Anakin. did have free race, but when you yeah. went into free race, everything was locked until yep. you beat it in the campaign. You kind of had to beat the campaign. To, uh, mm. It was like a Guitar Hero campaign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> But I remember that being a lot of fun. I remember that being kind of like a co-op thing where we would pass the controller to try to see who could do better. Lots of planets. Yes. Um, that was the other cool thing was it was a fresh new universe, right? Like, it, because it was episode one, Star Wars didn't have to worry too much about the planets that they brought up, especially in stuff like this. And with LucasArts on board, they knew what planets they were, even if they weren't talked about too much, and they were turned into full-blown racetracks in this. I remember that surprising me, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I somehow thought that the Boonta Eve pod race would be the only one in there, but it's actually <laughs> the first track. So also found out that um, there was uh, um, there was uh, up to eight people on uh, um, on a uh, TCPIP like um, uh, local network LAN. You could do a LAN party with episode wow. uh, one racer on <laughs> the PC version. So, uh, and this, this is two years before Halo. That's what the fucking frat houses were doing back then. I bet you. Uh, Simon Belmont says in the chat that, um, the DC port of episode one is the superior one, even though it came out later. So. Well, and that makes perfect sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was probably based on the PC version, uh, mm-hmm. which came out a year like, earlier. Maybe six. <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh, to my knowledge, it did not have online multiplayer though. Um, oh, this was also one of those ones where Racer would look a lot better if you had the Ram Pack expansion. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, I remember the Dreamcast version being the better version. People still tell me now that if I go back and buy the, I keep debating whether or not I want to buy this, uh, whether if I buy the N64 version or if I should just go grab the Dreamcast version. They're roughly the same price. Um, well, yeah, then get the Dreamcast one, I'd say. Yeah, probably. Mm. Um, and then, of course, there was an arcade mm-hmm. uh, version of this. came out later. And I just remember it looked and played like the original yeah, the game. Yeah, the cabinet was crazy. It was <laughs> awesome looking. <laughs> like, it looked gorgeous. The cabinet was. It was a big pod racer, you know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it was in first-person view as well, wasn't it, the game? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Mm. Yep. And... Um, and since we've been sticking to it was called Star Wars Racer Arcade, but yeah, it was yeah. it was ultimately the same thing. Uh, the biggest difference here was Sega AM5 made this, but it, it was using the original. So that's that's the other irony, right? Once it goes to arcades, it's Sega instead of Nintendo. Um, but it ultimately was, yeah, the uh, <clears throat> it ultimately was just that that game brought to arcades and a good place for it but the american arcade was definitely dying down at that time i don't remember seeing it too many places i think um, i only seen it like two of these in the wild there was an arcade that probably still doesn't stand near the belmont red line station in downtown chicago mm-hmm. um 
and uh, right next to the Belmont station across the street was this great like liquor store that stayed open until 5 a.m. and a really good diner that the name of it is escaping me right now. But then across the street was an arcade and that arcade stayed up all night. It was mostly for adults. You could smoke in there. I remember that. Um, and uh, it had it. I remember it mm-hmm. had it. But uh, I was in college at the time, so. You know, I, I didn't have money at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is an expensive cabinet as well. Yes, I believe it was a dollar a play. Pound, Some yeah. places it might have even been $2 a play. Yeah, that's a fuck load. That's a fuck load. <laughs> and then um, there was a sequel to this game as well. There was, and that's... Yeah, Star Wars Racer Revenge. <laughs> now, I have not played this game. I haven't, unfortunately, as well. So you have it's not. also it's come out on uh, at least in America anyway. It's come out on um, PlayStation Network on the P- well the P- PS4 anyway. Well, it's on the PS3 as well. Oh, is it? Oh, what you can buy that? it on the PS3 uh, mm-hmm. PSN that came out earlier this so the year. The US count, yeah. Yes. Now, is that part of that bundle? That four pack? It is. Yeah, it was that the bundle that came out recently in America with the Super Star Wars yes. uh, Bounty Hunter. Well, then we I have that. I had a buddy yeah. who got that four pack, and he didn't want it, so he gave it to me. So I haven't gotten a chance to play Ooh. around with it yet. But apparently, stuff has been scaled up. So on that version, but we'll, we'll obviously we'll see when you play it. Yeah, and here's my call out uh, to uh, some people. We're talking. I'm trying to look up here. Uh, about Racer's Revenge. If anybody wants to chime in on that real quick, uh, I'd love some output from the chat if you guys mm-hmm. have played it. Um, I remember somebody saying that they... Uh, I think it was Simon Belmont who said the Dreamcast version of Racer was... Yeah, in my opinion, plays much better than Racer Revenge on the PS2. So, anybody want to chime in anything with Racer Revenge? Let's see what... I've Rainbow Studios was the developer. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Released on PlayStation 2. Yeah. Only. Only, yeah. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> Looks like it's got a lot of the racers from before, and you could unlock a bunch of them. Um, Sebulba, the <laughs> new version. I wonder what the new version of Sebulba looks new. like. And then there's the Star Wars Episode One Sebulba. Oh. Uh, different people have different careers, and fuck yeah, if Darth Maul and Darth Vader aren't unlockable characters, <laughs> as is Watto... Suddenly, I am a Suddenly little interested more interested. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, Simon Belmont does point out one of the biggest things that people did mention was the PlayStation 2 could only handle uh, Racer Revenge at 30 frames a second. So that was its locked frame rate, uh, which to me is a huge misstep for a racer. Yeah, of is, all yeah. games, you have to... I don't think Mario Kart has ever not been 60 frames a second. That's a good point, actually, yeah. Maybe That's portably, but other than that, I think it's always. Well, even then, those they've always said it has to be sixty frames a second. Uh, mm. So even Nintendo knows that. Um, we should point out though that uh, Rainbow Studios came on board with this one, is so it was not a LucasArts uh, in, internal developed thing. Um, and LucasArts, while they did publish it, it looks like they were just pushing it off. I'd love to know, but no one's really talking about it. Mm. Why it was even made. That that's a, that's an interesting thing. Well, I would love to know why, because it, it just felt that there was just no people were weren't really asking for more. <laughs> well, and it's weird. Maybe it was because of episode two comes out in two thousand and two, which is I yeah. believe the summer after uh, February two thousand two. So that's the holiday season after the, I believe the November release of episode two um, takes place eight years after the Phantom Menace, when Anakin Skywalker is then seventeen. 
Okay. There's a story in it? <laughs> yes, yeah, Sebulba calls out Anakin. And there are multiple careers, believe it or not. You get to play through. Sebulba <laughs> has his own career. You get to play through to kind of tell his story leading up to challenging Anakin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, up to 25 laps per race. That's interesting. Wow. Oh, yeah. And so what I should point out was Simon Belmont's pointing out that uh, Razor Revenge on PS4 runs at 60 frames a second, which is uh, yeah. uh, which is a, a notable update. Mm-hmm. Um, will your eyes see the difference at 120 frames per them. second? I have heard that the human eye can't really detect much beyond 60 frames, but that may be a lie, and I may be getting my facts mixed up. So anyway, um, there is 13 races in, in Racer Revenge. Another misstep is there doesn't appear to be online multiplayer. <laughs> <What the laughs> well, fuck? well, are we talk about the PS2 version or the PS4. Yeah. That's a bit weird. I doubt it? the PS4 version does, well, but I could be wrong. They put in trophies, so you never know. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I think that's, I don't think it's would because it, it wouldn't have been any interest to the people making the PS2 version because online wasn't a big thing back still. That was still in its infancy. Oh yeah, SOCOM uh, wasn't out at this time. Hmm. No, it was. So sorry, well, I was gonna say, even if it was, it would have been. It would still be early days. For not, a lot of developers weren't gunning for online, um, and um, putting it into the PS4 version. I mean, uh, come on, that's, they're gonna have to go into the, do some trickery or whatever, or probably even redo the game entirely to put the online into. I'd imagine. But do people really want to play this game online? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think people yeah. want to play this game. I'm not gonna lie. That's what this is the one yeah. that got pretty heavily attacked. Um, when it was announced as part of the bundle. Mm. In fact, I think this was the one that was most heavily attacked. Uh, did really great from a score perspective, though. Really? Garnered okay. upper mid-70s and even even some Bs here. Entertainment Weekly liked it. I think racing fans. Um, yeah, IGN liked it. 8.4 on wow. IGN. Yeah. GamePro gave it a 4 out of 5. Game and, gem then, maybe. Yeah, EGM even gave it a 6.83 out of 10. Oh. <laughs> um, X-Play, though, gave it a 2. Nope. 2 out of 10. 2 out of 5, sorry. 2 out, out of 5, five is X-Play, yeah. Um, so it looks like the CES didn't care for it much. Not fair enough. Um, <clears throat> but anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So there's Star Wars Racer Revenge, the sequel no one asked for, and it seems fewer people played. Uh... Mm-hmm. But uh, next up, they weren't done, though. There were more Episode 1 games that came out. (laughs) The next one up was 2000 on the N64 and PC, the Battle for Naboo. Naboo. Now, have you played this? I I, Yes, I have played Battle of Naboo, but only very briefly. Um Essentially, <laughs> essentially, I'm going to get this wrong. Was it um, what was the what was the, what was the N64 simulator we talked about last episode? I've got it. I've got it right in front of me. What am I talking about? Big part <laughs> Rogue Squadron. Yeah, Rogue Squadron. That's it. That's it. Because that's kind of what I felt that this game, in a way, was kind of based off, really. But it, it just didn't it feel ta- so fucking kitty. Yeah, that's the problem. That's what I was about to get to. Is it didn't. Sorry, have that I didn't magic. mean to jump in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now it was developed by Factor Five, developers of Rogue Squadron. Mm-hmm. Just pointing that out. Um, Fair enough. What? Yeah. Um, it should also be noted that Lucas Arts also co-developed this game. Um, Lucas Arts was responsible for level de- level design and the art. I'm agreeing with half of that decision. 
<laughs> uh, Factor Five uh, did the programming tools, sound, and most cutscene and post production work. Sound design on the N64 was terrible. I think the only game I like the sound design on the N64 is Mario 64. That's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, you didn't like Banjo Kazooie? <laughs> That's so fucking British. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to get into that fight. They already did the Banjo-Kazooie versus Mario 64 debate on Retronauts this week. I'm not going to get into it. But uh, suffice to say, I don't dislike Banjo-Kazooie. I recently played through it. My thoughts are clear. Listen to the Rare episode. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I know a little bit about the development here. Are you familiar with how this all came to pass? No, I'm not. Oh, okay, so uh, after Rogue Squadron came out, um, LucasArts was um, wanting this to be a follow-up. But as I'm sure you can imagine, Factor 5 had one idea in mind, and LucasArts wanted a Phantom Menace game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Factor 5... Um, went to them and said, we've got a spaceship idea. Probably they made a new engine for this game and they probably went to them and were like, let's see if we can do rogue squadron two and just reskin it for episode one shit and see if we can get away with that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Lucas arts wanted a vehicle combat game. Apparently it wasn't (laughs) enough. uh, Apparently. And this is after episode one came out. I should point out this was a year later. So when development of this went in, uh, Episode one racer was already out like, or at least completed development. So they knew what it was going to be. And factor five apparently did not like the idea of making like twisted metal in the star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lucas arts basically, and the, people play it nice when you look up research on this, but basically Lucas arts was like, well, you know, we really want a car combat game. And uh-huh. factor five was like, we really want a spaceship game. And LucasArts is like, well, we can't really directions. Yeah. yeah. And apparently LucasArts was having trouble making their own internal car combat game and some tensions <laughs> raised. And eventually factor five gets their hands on, um, or turns over their engine. They were going to use and it becomes battle for Naboo. Okay. So yeah, that was the big thing. Um, one of the biggest tech things that people talk about is that it had um, weather effects as well as particle effects, and um, did not uh, um, and it did not uh, hurt the frame rate. Mm-hmm. It managed to keep a steady frame rate, which I don't know what Rogue Squadron's frame rate, frame rate was. I would guess thirty. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, anyway. I remember this game being um, ridiculously rare. It's hard to find. Is it? Mm-hmm. Now I got to look something up. Anyway, <laughs> uh, well, anyway, so whatever. It, it, it basically was developed and, and, and came out. Um, and let's see. I've never played it. just want to point that out. But I do have it. I have a boxed really? copy. Yeah. You got a boxed copy? Oh, I wow. Do. Yeah. And I'll tell that story in a second. But um, Mom and Pop. Yes, mom and pop. <laughs> so, uh, but real quick, uh, yeah, basically it's, uh, it's a story about the taxation of trade routes and dispute with the Trade Federation. So it kind of seems like <laughs> it's like Naboo's fight with the Trade Federation. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, and actually check this out. Okay. So if you guys haven't seen this, go on Wikipedia, you can see the comparison, but, uh, if you look, you can kind of see how battle for Naboo was just a modified version of the rogue squadron engine and probably should have been a rogue squadron game. Got relatively decent reviews. IGN gave it a nine out of 10. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people liked the N64 port. X-Play gave it a 4 out of 5. Nintendo Power gave it a 4 out of 5. Um, GamePro gave it a 4.5 out of 5. So it got some, some decent some scores. Mm. Yeah. PC version was shit all over. Um, <laughs> I don't even know why. Let's see if anybody talks about why. Um, so was it a port of the N64 game on PC? <laughs> Is that why? Um it is declared by some. Mirabella claims it was one of the prettiest games to grace the N64. Uh, has killer draw distance. Let's see. I want to wow. know what the PC okay, we'll this Here we go. <laughs> Adam Fleet thought the PC version, however, was ugly, citing truly what? bland textures and sad-looking sprites. Um, Jim <laughs> Preston of Next Generation just flat out said, the graphics suck and left it at that. <laughs> Um, It is difficult to aim using... Oh, it had keyboard aiming controls. And and apparently... Oh, no, no. You could use... It had controller and mouse support, but that was even worse. Um, Apparently, not even stuff like Joy to Key will fix this. So, wow. Hope that's on GOG. Um, But... uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, so let me get to this while I look this up. So I wanted a game um, for my N64. I still have my N64. Had recently also gotten a Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. And there was a game I wanted, and I'm trying to remember what it was. I think we've already talked about it. But there was a game I wanted in 2000, and I wasn't living at home anymore. So you couldn't kind of nudge your parents every step of the way and try to figure out what they're supposed to get you and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a game I wanted. I don't even remember. It might have even been Episode 1 Racer. Uh, that's possible. Um, but I can't remember what I wanted, but I wanted something, and my parents instead got me this, which for some <laughs> reason I just I just always um, wrote off as a kid's game. Uh-huh. Okay, it's not doing great, actually, Jam. Um, I was about to say, yeah. My, uh, no, the the price. Uh, a cart only is selling on eBay right now for between six and eight bucks. Uh, now, that may be very different in PAL. This is US only. Yeah, uh, I'll look uh, complete in box, my complete in box copy, and mine's seen some wear because I've had it since I was in college, yeah, yeah. Uh, sells for around twenty two ninety five in perfect condition. And a sealed copy you can get for 35 bucks right now on eBay. So... Not so rare. Uh, and it's actually raised up in price because of the upcoming, of course, you know. Yeah. yeah, at its lowest point, it went for three bucks loose and um, and like 25 sealed. So I've got anyway. here £32.50 for complete in box and £21.25 wow. for cart only. Yeah, so your PAL version. Now, your yeah. PAL version didn't come out till four months later. So. That's right, yeah. Anyway, I've, yeah, I've never played this game. Now I'm suddenly interested. Somehow I missed that Factor 5 was part of the development until looking up the research on this. So, 
Um, but yeah, there's Battle for Naboo. Uh, don't even know if it's that challenging or anything. But anyway, I should check it out. I've been trying to go back and redo some of these uh, Star Wars games from my youth. So um, may check that out someday. Uh, trying to look. People aren't really talking too much about it. There's <laughs> actually many people um, play this. <laughs> I don't think many people did play it. So, you, yeah, you're welcome, guys. That's what we're here for. <laughs> and last but not least, there's a game on Game Boy Color. And, Jam, if anybody's played it, it's you. Obi-Wan's <laughs> Adventures. <laughs> have you ever played Obi-Wan's Adventures? Well, yes, I have. <laughs> okay. I just like the okay. game. <laughs> well, because you you have played more um, uh, Game Boy, like truly appreciated and played more Game Boy games than I think anybody I know. Oh, okay. sorry. Jeremy <laughs> Parrish might have you beat because That's he is right, studying yeah. them. But otherwise, yeah. But. So tell me all about what appears to be a low graphics isometric shooter from hell. I was about to say we kind of have missed one other game from episode one, but I guess. Oh, we'll okay. You want to shoot it out there just in case I haven't thought of it. The only reason it's important is because this game kind of almost mirrors that game in a way, which is, which is uh, Jedi Power Vassals. Um, uh, were you thinking of that one? I had this in here. Did I forget Jedi Power Battles? I think we had it on this list for the in the category of episode one, uh, but it doesn't matter anyway. Well, I'll talk about Obi Wan's Adventures. There's not really much to say about. Well, we it, can but... talk about Jedi Power Battles, and if we come up with it on the list, then mm-hmm. where now? What is Jedi Power Battles? Well, Jedi Power Battles was released on um, PS One and got a horrendous port on the Game Boy Advance, which is which actually is very similar to this game that we're about to talk. About. I apologize. I'm gonna just flat out own up to this. This was a game I didn't know existed until really? you just mentioned oh my goodness. it. Okay, let's uh, so let's go into Jedi Power Battles because yeah. I guess it t- tethers into this. Uh, the stuff I'll lead with is it was on PlayStation, Dreamcast, and GBA. That's right. Developed yeah. and published by LucasArts. Mm-hmm. And basically, okay. um, Jedi Power Battles is this one really splits people down the middle. I only know people to love this game and people to hate this game. Um, it's quite quite easy to see why. Um, this game is basically full on action. It's it's almost it's close as you're going to get to kind of like a Star Wars brawler, obviously a 3D brawler where it's all it's just lightsabers. You you are running around. Go you know. on. <laughs> uh, it has co-op. That was the big selling point for Go me. Go on. Um, which was which was cool. Um, I think the reason people didn't take take too fondly to it though is probably if they were playing by playing single player. But I think still. It, it to me, Jedi Power Battles was just kind of brainless fun. It felt a lot more arcadey, you know. Just you could just mm-hmm. mess around with this. It was pretty much just it was it was a lot fast. If you take what I kind of described about Episode One earlier, where I said that that was a bit more slow, tank controls and clunky, this game is sort of is is just quicker and it's just literally run up to enemies, you know, hit them with lightsabers. Fight a big robot boss at the end. It's usually a robot well, droid. I should say droid, didn't I? <laughs> some, Hell, some, yeah, uh, I'm looking at some um, screenshots here. Fuck yeah. But it, it's a ton of fun to play with someone else. Um, huh. Yeah, I think that's why people still like this game a lot. Is It's it's like one of those, you, you can just you know, get some beers, sh- um, play this game free <sighs> with someone, and it's... <laughs> and it's, Plo Koon is playable. Oh, that's going to nerd me up. But <laughs> Plo Koon is one of my favorite of the uh, new Jedis. <laughs> sorry the, oh, no, no, it's, it's cool man no, i'm glad this is one that you should check out then i think because if, if, if i've sold you on it just from that description like that's a good that's cool um 
The, Man, uh, did this thing get fucking raped when it came it, to reviews. It was very oh. criticized, yeah. You know what? The Dreamcast version actually does quite well. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That might be the one you want to look, at, look out for, then. I've got it on yeah. PS1. And I, I don't mind it on the console. I think PS1's fine. That, that version is serviceable. Um, yes, but I have the benefit of um, looking back. Yes. I have foresight. <laughs> anyway. So um, going on to this Obi-Wan Adventures one on Game Boy Color of all things, it also does the isometric kind of brawler, um, but it's just so bad. It's just awful. Yes, that's what I wanted you to say. I'm sorry. It's never good when a bad game comes out, but okay, continue. (laughs) Basically, it's, um, it's, you know, God bless the Game Boy Color for trying to put these (laughs) these games on the oh really plo coon not playable in the game boy color version of jedi power well, 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 battles well, fail <laughs> but um but for the on that record as well don't buy jedi power battles on the game boy advance it is again it's just like this obi-wan game i'm talking about it's an it's an isometric game very much remember isometric games do not work on a d-pad <laughs> you know you need Weird. You need like an analog stick at least for or something, but so that's what it's getting. The controls are just terrible. Um, poor hit detection. Just yeah, it, it's just something to avoid at all costs. Um, but, but, but I guess you know, I guess the one slight feather in its cap is I guess the graphics look kind of good for the Game Boy Color if you've got that weird kind of nostalgia for it. But Dude, no, these screenshots just, are fantastic. Yeah, yeah but. The droids are coming. <laughs> By the way, Jam, did you know that uh, Episode 1 Jedi Power Battles on the PlayStation in America had a limited edition red oh, versus it. blue lightsaber alternative cover? Oh, fantastic. And That's somebody's selling it on eBay for $35. This is <laughs> I'm always going to be high on Oh, wait. That. Actually, some guy doesn't know what he's got, and he's selling it for well, nine ninety five. That's better. But there's four days left, so... Uh-huh. Anything can happen. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on how well the Force oh. Awakens does. <laughs> Here we go. Sega Dreamcast, complete version of Jedi Power Battles. Wow, it's a lot oh. more. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would It must be the... Wow, some guy wants 109 for a sealed copy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it sells for like 20 to 30 for most people. Wow. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that alternative cover, man. People are trying to fetch a pretty penny on that one. <laughs> Nothing selling, by the way. It doesn't mean much, but uh, anyway. Um, yeah. Yogi saying in the chat that Soldier of Fortune on Genesis disagrees with you. I'm guessing that's the hit of the <laughs> asymmetric view. But so. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to have to side with Yogi on this one. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, all oh, right. No, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, I can defend that because of the, oh, the, the D-pad. <laughs> no, no, no. The D-pad on the Game Boy is, is a proper D-pad. On the Genesis and the Mega Drive, it was at least that kind of 360 D-pad. Yeah, the diagonal buttons on those controllers. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, Yogi's talking about this, and I, I've joked about this too. If you want a deal on something, find the guy selling his stuff uh, because his wife keeps nagging him. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. So I got to tell this story real quick. So one of the few times I went to Craigslist, uh, some person had, it said Xbox collection and it was an original Xbox with the HD with two Duke controllers, Mm -hmm. no S controller. So you knew that was a guy who bought it right when it came out. Yeah. And a ton of games. Uh, in fact, to run down the list real quick, just because I got them right in front of me, it had Call of Duty, Finest Hour, Conquer Live and Reloaded, 
Uh, Hulk, Ultimate Destruction, Medal of Honor Rising Sun, Midway Arcade Treasures, Nom 67 Shell Shock, Panzer Dragoon Orta, PsyOps, Rainbow Six Three and Lockdown, Returning Castle Wolfenstein, and Siberia. So all of that... And they wanted $20 for it. $20. Oh, my God. And I, I wrote to them. And I did. I, I was starting to write the email of like, or the text message, actually, because I have their phone number. I was starting to write the, um, does it work? And then I suddenly realized I didn't care. Right? Because, oh, there was also two other games. There were three other games that I'm not mentioning because they're no longer in my collection. But I remember them specifically. Uh, Terminator something there was a terminator game on the xbox i think it was based off of ah, that was a few yeah terminator was, um, 3 the movie there was terminator 3 and there was also another one that was terminator 3 Ooh, i'm gonna have to look this one up i uh, think this one had a sub name but anyway it, it's irrelevant to the story and then it also did have halo 1 and 2 mm-hmm. makes sense for a person who had course, those yeah. other first person shooters i talked about um and uh and and so i realized i didn't care so yeah. i go and i meet this yeah, person Redemption, that was the game. And I meet this person, and it's out in the middle of nowhere, uh, but we did meet at, like, a public place. I think we met at an Aldi of all places, which is, like, a jam if you don't know Aldi's. It's, like, a a wholesale grocery market. Yeah, we've got that here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, And I met in their parking lot, and this woman gets out, this, like, middle-aged woman. Like, she was probably 10 years older than me, like, mid-40s. And she's like, hey, you got the money? And I said, yeah. I gave her 20 bucks. She whips out this cardboard box that has everything, and it's actually really well kept. Like, it's nice. And she goes, here you go. And I said, "Uh, thank you. And I put it in my car. Once I'd closed the trunk, I said, okay, if you don't mind, I got to ask. Like, you know this is worth more than 20 bucks, right? And she goes, oh, yeah. I just needed to get rid of it right now. And I said, oh, okay. I said, "Um, you know, you probably could have gone to vintage stock. And she goes, yes, I know, but then he could trace it. And I said, what? <laughs> oh, my God. And she goes, my my husband is fucking my best friend. And I was oh. like, oh, oh. And he goes, yeah. And my son has run away from home, but he's 19, so it's not really a runaway anymore. And I said, aha. And, he, and she goes, yeah, so I'm leaving them both in the dirt. And I need to get rid of their shit. And this is one of those things that, like, everywhere I went, I'd have to deal with some weird nerd. And I didn't want to have to. And my husband or son could probably trace it back and get it back. So I figured giving it to some random idiot on Craigslist. She probably said dude, not idiot. But she probably said some random dude on Craigslist was the easiest way to get rid of it and know that, you know, it'll never come back. And I said, that's true. We haven't even, like actually talked on the phone and she goes no we haven't and i'm gonna keep it that way i don't know who you are so if he asks me i can honestly say i have no clue enjoy your game system and uh the reason i don't have those the terminator and the two halo games is some kid came over saw my collection said that is so awesome it was a buddy of mine's kid and he goes i've never played these before oh i have an xbox 360 and i'd love to play some of these games and I talked to my buddy and I said, if you don't mind him having Halo, I mean, the kid was like, I think 11 and Halo's really a teen game anyway, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I said, if you don't it's mind him having Halo and stuff, he can have them. <laughs> and so I gave him to oh, that oh, kid. Man. But anyway, so, all right. <clears throat> so, uh, da, 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 da. There's a lot of stuff going on in the chat, I should have mentioned. But yeah, <laughs> you had Panzer Dragoon Orta and RTCW. Uh, what is RTCW? Is that one of the games I just mentioned? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I would have paid 80 bucks uh, for that lot. Wolfenstein. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. I would have paid 80 bucks for that lot at 20 bucks. <laughs> I wonder if you would expect a hand job to make up for the rest. Well, I did expect a hand job, but we figured since I was married and she was in a really bad place with men, Obviously, it was yeah, probably for the worse. <laughs> yeah, it was probably not a good idea. Anyway, <laughs> all right, kidding aside. Back to it. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah, we will get through these games. We have 20 minutes to get through the rest. All right, next up is Star Wars Force Commander on the PC. Are you familiar with this game? I'm familiar with this, but I didn't play this one. This is a strategy game, wasn't it? Yes, it is. And there is a small but loyal sect of people who play these games. Yes. Uh, relatively well received. Well, no, oh, no, this isn't the one. Never mind. Relatively poorly received. Uh, 60s, 50s, okay. two out of fives, three out of fives. Um, uh, one of the interesting things is it's a strategy game that tells the events that happen basically around Shadows of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, it tells the events that happen between not Shadows of the Empire between four and five. It tells what happens between yeah. the Yavin four. Uh, attack and then the Hoth assault. So, um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I can tell you that uh, the biggest complaints people had was that uh, I don't know. <laughs> was that a complaint? <laughs> yeah. Dated graphics, ineffective controls, flawed gameplay, just about the trifecta of things that pisses people off. Um, and it was hard. Actually, hard does factor into a lot of stuff. Okay. But, and buggy. I don't know. Developed by LucasArts and Ronin Entertainment. You'll be surprised to know Ronin Entertainment didn't do a whole lot after that. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about this before we move into another gem? Nah, I don't really much. Yeah, it's just... Um, it was... I like you were getting nailed on the head by the, This had its fan base, basically. Yes, I remember the people at EB and Babbage's going nuts over when it came mm. out. Um, all right, so let's jump into the PlayStation 1 slash Dreamcast. Are you seeing a trend here? <laughs> um, <laughs> not developed by Factor 5, but know, eventually funny. they did get this taken care of, was Star Wars Demolition. Isn't that so funny? <laughs> they, got their, they got their car combat game. <laughs> and you know how they got it? Lucas Arts teamed up to co-publish this with Activision, oh, wow. and as part of the deal, they got the Vigilante Eight engine. Mm-hmm. So this is a reskinning of Vigilante Eight with Star, Star Wars, Wars style, uh, yeah, stuff. Um, and apparently, I love the plot. The Empire <laughs> bans pod racing, and fantastic. Jabba needs something in his life, so he begins vehicular combat. <laughs> of course. <laughs> because of course he does. <laughs> I love this. I love it. I lo- And we didn't question it worth a shit. Why can't this um, be a Star Wars film? <laughs> right? I'd watch it. It shows an ATST taking on the Slave One. <laughs> yeah. There is some bat shit characters in this game for you. It's a rancor. It's just- the rancors in this okay i've never played this game so i should i should throw that out there i've played vigilante 8 and actually yeah. vigilante 8's a lot of fun although i fear it doesn't age well like you have to have been around at that time to appreciate it but it is on i think it's on gog so you're welcome to grab vigilante 8 if you want this might be oh no this one is only on dreamcast and, and playstation yeah but 
And, uh, and it did have split screen multiplayer. <laughs> it did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, continue, Jam. Sorry to keep. I was about to say it's also got um, Boba Fett is also a character as well. Well, yeah, that's it's Slave just, One is his ship. Yeah. It's just, but you, but you play as just Boba Fett as just a human. Oh, you can do both. Around. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. It's just, it's just the weirdest sort of like roster of characters that are sort of facing. I know that some people might throw out that you know, you know, Twister Mel had the um, what's his name? Yeah, you know, the biker guy. I can't remember off the top oh, of my head. Uh, or something or something like that. I but, it's been uh, a long time since I've played through Twisted Metal. But this this just felt like, oh, let's just throw random Star Wars references into this. <laughs> you want a Rancor? Fucking throw the Rancor in there. Did it start on Tatooine? Throw it in there. Is Max Rebo in there, the blue guy that plays the accordion? Can you like fight with him? <laughs> I don't think so, actually. Oh, oh that'd be so good if it did, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this got pretty mixed reception, Jim. Yeah, I can, I can around the seventies, <laughs> yeah. yeah, around the seventies. What What did you think? I I mean I didn't mind it. Like you said, you, you know, you said it earlier with like with um, Vigilante Eight, where it's nostalgia. I think if you go back to this game now, does I, it work if you liked Vigilante Eight? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you okay. if you if you appreciate that game for what it is, then you'll probably enjoy this game. But if you're going into this game, not play Vigilante A, and I, I, should, I went to throw in Twisted Metal as well, because this is kind of similar to that, um, okay. then you will you won't like this game at all. So. so this game's, if you've never experienced any of the games we're talking about here, you might want to YouTube this one and then just tell yourself to leave good but enough. We yeah. might have possibly accidentally sold it on that that plot alone, because that's, that's right. Best. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so. You can see the trailer. In a world where the Empire has banned pod racing, Jabba the Hutt creates something new. Star Wars Demolition, available for your Dreamcast. <laughs> Published by Activision. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> so, all right. Next up, a game I specifically ignored, and maybe I'm better for it, maybe I'm worse for it. Star Wars Super Bombad Racing. Oh god, I love this game. <laughs> now, is this the chibi one with small bodies, big heads? That's it. Yep. yep. Okay. That's exactly what this game is. Chibi like Sabulba on this cover is fucking great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's basically Star Wars Mario Kart essentially, but it but nowhere near as good. I mean, and the developer was Lucas Learning. I know. Yeah, Lucas which tells Learning. Me everything <laughs> I need to know. Um, oh the Dreamcast, Windows, and Apple Macintosh versions were canceled due to the poor sales of the PlayStation version. <laughs> um, wow, the scores are all over the place. IGN gives it a 7.8. GameZone wow. gives it an 8.5. And then Game Informer gives it a 2.5 out of 10. EGM gives it a 3.67 out of 10. Where the fuck did they come up with that scoring? Um Wow. So basically, and you know what I think I'm going to chalk this up to, but you tell me. Yeah. I think I chalked this up to um, none of these reviewers took this seriously. Yeah, so the I, ones, I agree. Yeah. The ones who got their hands on it and were like, fine, you want to give us a review copy of this or you want to release this and you dare use Star Wars, we're going to attack it. And that's where you <laughs> get like the real reviews, mm-hmm. which the game is probably not. Well, I don't know. You tell me. I don't know if it's as bad as a two. That tends to indicate like a broken game whereas the other people like you know they got drunk in the office and they were like look at these fucking super deformed yodas yay it's fun it's stupid no one's gonna buy this i don't know what do you think 
I, I mean, this is the, the first thing that I thought, just looking at the game alone, it, it was clearly marketed for the younger audience. I mean, come on, it was by Lucas Kids or whatever it was, that yeah. developer. Um, I believe it's a four-player split screen as well. To me, this was, I, I'm a lot more on that kind of category of, if you take this game for what it is, it's just a bit of dumb fun. I mean, I'll be honest, the controls are pretty crap, actually, today, especially today. They're, it's got terrible handling on the carts, and it's just not, like, as tight as it should be. But... Mm. If you're just playing this to mess around, just to have a bit of fun, especially with other people as well, then there's, there's kind of a lot of laughs to be had at this. It's got a you fucking know. Sarlacc pit. It does. Just saying. It does. Yeah. It, and it's, I think the only time you're going to find it is, I'm pretty sure this will go for, I found my copy really, really cheap, so that's why I picked it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so even going to justify it with a price point. Might, <laughs> might intimidate somebody into actually buying it. Um I almost want to put this one in the YouTube category, but I say that without having ever played it. <laughs> but, all right, <clears throat> moving on. Another game I've had before, <laughs> never played, sold really? twice, never sold played, twice. <laughs> which is the Xbox exclusive Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. How was this? Have you played this? I've got this. Yeah, I own this one. Oh, okay. Um, I've played it, not finished it, I should point out. Um, but... Um, only one is i felt that this was a little bit misunderstood this game it is definitely flawed it is not kind of well received at the moment but um essentially to me it felt like the phantom menace but on a you know just a better console really you know the xbox this this game was really making the most of the xbox hardware it had incredible draw distance and some of the environments were just really good to look at actually the mm-hmm. the levels were really massive as well i remember um so you, obviously as the title implies you just play well only- yeah and i'm sure you can ex- you can imagine this but uh reviewers felt that while it had hefty real estate that real estate was wasted on yeah. mediocre gameplay well yeah yeah absolutely that that, <laughs> that 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 that's kind of what i was going to get to as well but okay it's um yeah but but i think i guess again maybe it's maybe it's nostalgia for me but yeah, i kind of like some like looking at designs of games and yeah it's not as good as it should have been but it's still something that i quite appreciate just looking at it from a from that point of view um it's it's very much you know it's all lightsaber dueling. You can throw your lightsaber. You have force push all those sort of power ups and everything there. Um, but it is a bit of a drag, yeah. Which is what, what what I was about to get onto there. This this game does feel like a bit of a chore at times, and um, it, the combat, especially when you start doing like lightsaber duels, <clears throat> does get really clunky. So. <laughs> Well, you will be surprised to learn that this game started life as um, what was going to be uh, uh, Jedi Knight 2. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. PC uh, exclusive. Mm-hmm. And then people left the project. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah, uh, it was supposed to be one of the first games to use uh, Jedi cutting with a mouse, kind of a la Wiimote style. Uh, something cool. I think would have mm. been cool. Um, as people left, uh, early developments of this game scrapped completely. It was relabeled to the Obi-Wan game, ga- uh, given uh, console exclusivity, and went to Xbox. Nintendo was interested and was planning oh, really? to make a GameCube release, and due to shit sales, canceled <laughs> that. Fair enough. Yeah, so. I'm surprised the sales were so bad, but I think I don't think that's just because I don't think that's because the game was necessarily bad. It might the just reviews be reviews were bad too. If you well, like the reviews are terrible, those, yeah. but I think it's just because <laughs> people weren't quite sold on the Xbox by this point because it was a very early Xbox game. Hmm. Mm. 
Yeah, I can be it's wrong. Obi-Wan is a Padawan. That <laughs> rhymes. <laughs> I don't know. Is the story okay? I don't know. Nah, I'm not really. It's just, it's just. Oh it's man, so there really is no redeeming traits. <laughs> um, but uh, Seven Bellman says, "What the heck happened to Microsoft this generation? Not making a kick-ass, powerful console like the previous two. All right, I don't know if he's trolling me or not. The two are pretty fucking similar from a hardware perspective, and uh, we'll leave that debate for Gaming History X. That, Although that, Simon, uh, if you're interested, hit me yeah. up. Maybe we'll have you in on that argument. Not um, but uh, contact gaminghistory101.com. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's try to. We've got ten minutes to get through the rest of these. <laughs> no god, yeah. Uh, well, we can. So let's I... try to speed through these. But yeah. Star Wars Starfighter and Jedi Starfighter yeah did you play these uh yeah briefly um these and I, I haven't played the sequel they just seem so skippable yeah they really are i i just i know people this is probably... another one that made it to the ps4 <laughs> did it? oh yeah it did didn't it? I forgot. yeah I forgot <laughs> yeah yeah it did uh <clears throat> anyway oh, yeah we you were saying I, I, yeah but basically the you know the well, the, the Starfighter, anyway, is like a first-person ship, sim, you know, ship shooting game, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think in Jedi Starfighter, they go to the third-person space. So I could be wrong; you might be able to do third-person in both of them. But um, I just wasn't massively impressed by this. I know people say that if you're going to get Jedi Starfighter, get on the original Xbox, so that's considered the definitive version of the game. I think yeah, the special gonna... edition. Yeah, uh, which uh, apparently has extra stuff. Yeah, usually, usually the way. So. But I wasn't yeah. massively like taken by this game. Okay. And I never played Jedi Starfighter. I should point out. I just you know just just notes I've read about it. I don't think the reviews um, were amazing. I think people quite liked the first one, but I, don't, I think people practically ignored that second game. <laughs> um, uh, Tiger Claw says Jedi Starfighter was good. It was basically like Rogue Squadron. Well, that's tempting. Well, yeah, I, that's uh, that's what I hear from people, but. I, I kind of preferred Rogue Squadron to this. Maybe it's yeah. because it was based off like Star Wars films that... You know, well, and watching. that's the possibility is yeah. that this... If you had a GameCube, why not? Yeah. Right? Um, oh, I see your point. Simon Belmont would like to clarify. He said the previous <laughs> two consoles, when they released, they were even more powerful than that Dave's PCs, not really compared to the PS4. Oh, right. so, Fair enough. Yeah. Yes, both the PS4 and the Xbox One are already antiquated compared to PCs. So that, that jump was pretty quick. Um, also, fun fact, Jedi Starfighter only available uh, for the PS3 on PSN in Europe. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. You're welcome. (laughs) Anyway. um, All right, moving on. Uh, I have never played Galactic... Wait. Actually, Battlegrounds. There it was. Okay, I knew I had Battlegrounds in there somewhere. Or is Galactic Battlegrounds something different? No, I've played it. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Okay, let's go to Star Wars Episode Two: The Clone Wars. Did you play this? I no, I didn't play this. I, but I, I know that this is. It's pretty a much... dating sim where you play as Anakin and you try <laughs> right. to get Padme to fall in love uh-huh. with you, but it's in a chibi style. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's probably more playable than <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I yeah, I feel bad that I've not played Episode Two. Um, it's a vehicle sort of. Uh, it's, it's basically Rogue Squadron, isn't it? But more more vehicle based. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh God. 
Never mind. No wonder I haven't played this. Really? That's what this is? Yeah, it's not okay. really it's not really based much off the films. It's like as the title implies, it's more um based off some vehicular um segments as opposed to it being based off the film story. It's more it's more about the Clone Wars mm. rather than the attack of the Clone Wars. Well, at least they picked the more interesting concept. Yeah. Um but uh all right. Well, then let's move on to the couple of games I definitely want to talk about, uh mm-hmm. which are first of all, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. This is uh-huh. the third of the free games that come with that classics pack. Um, you play as Django Fett, from my understanding. That's right. Mm-hmm. PlayStation Two, GameCube. Have you played this game? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, and it's on the Xbox as well. So. Oh, I really? I missed that. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, according to this, it's not. Oh really? Oh maybe. I'm not, yeah. I think it was maybe it was, it was supposed to come to the Xbox. Well, the Star Wars. I, we kind of talked about this before. Yeah. For some weird reason, like one console was always left out when these yeah. games came out. Um, but uh, yeah, basically, you get to play as Jango Fett in his own adventure. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Not quite the Boba Fett game everybody's been waiting for, <laughs> but you know. Um, and the biggest thing I heard about this game was that its frame rate sucks. That was janky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was a bit of a turnoff. <laughs> um, but apparently, it looks really good and stuff. I don't know what what you want to say. I about it. just I felt I I didn't particularly take this game very much. I just felt it was very clunky. It wasn't it, the the shooting was awkward. It wasn't. It's very, like you, you kind of nailed it earlier, Fred, when you said that it's sort of this this wasn't the game that we wanted from a sort of you know a bounty from a um a, well a Boba Fett sorry game. the real bounty hunter is in another castle being yes. cloned. Uh, this Camino level looks kind of cool though. <laughs> it was a game I think I think some people obviously have a soft spot for this game, but like this could be some people's nostalgia game. But for me, I just. There was games at this time that were doing this sort of concept better because it was obviously melding shooter with was an adventure shooter basically. But mm-hmm. I just I I just didn't particularly care for it really. Okay, it it reviewed kind of mixed six yeah, to eight, is, yeah. sixes to eights. Um, the GameCube version. This is one of the rare times where everybody pretty unanimously thinks the GameCube version is a better version. I imagine, yeah. So uh, GameCube had better graphics though, so that makes uh-huh. sense. People still don't believe me when I say that. I'm not kidding, guys. <laughs> look at Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, Resident Evil 4. Uh, looks great on both consoles. Looks better. Um, Yogi's like, dating sim? Is this the one we use the force to throw milkshakes at incoming thugs to avoid getting hissy hearts from any who, who is not a, <laughs> anyone who is not Padme? Yep, that's the game. You got it. I can't believe you nailed it. First try. Um, anyway... Uh, I have it now, and apparently mm-hmm. it runs really smooth and well on the PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. God, I would hope so. Um, I should play this at some point. Yeah. Maybe I'll just get drunk oh, well, one night sure. and, and yeah. play it, uh, do a little stream. Hey, you want to see me stream Bounty Hunter Four Shots Deep? I totally will do that, actually. <laughs> um and there are blooper reels in this. Oh, really? I didn't know I that. don't understand how video game blooper reels have ever worked, but I'm in. I'm in. We'll see. Uh, so what I can promise you is, due to the lack of coverage that we've got here, uh, I'll at least uh, try to play through this in the upcoming months and, and mm-hmm. maybe get a review or something going. But <clears throat> anyway. All right, Jim. Here's the biggie, and I'm going to yep. let you breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> 
We are going to be talking about Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic and KOTOR 2, The Sith Lords. The first one, the former, developed by BioWare, released on PC and Xbox in 2003. Mm-hmm. And has recently gotten a pretty impressive modern day facelift, uh, holding up to 4K resolution on Steam. Yep. Also, uh, KOTOR 2, developed by Obsidian, released in 2005 on PC and Xbox as well. Mm-hmm. The Xbox version is unfinished. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the PC version had later gotten the ending modded in, but was more buggy. And then the PC version has also gotten a free mod support on Steam to make that very playable and very updated as well. Mm-hmm. We will not be talking about those games on this show because if you think I'm going to squeeze KOTOR into two minutes, you're Play insane. them. Well, play the first one. <laughs> we should play them. Um, Jam, you and I will talk offline, but either Jam and myself together or I myself will be releasing an extra credit this week uh, on these two games. Okay. Little bit of, a little bit more about development history because as Jam said, I don't want to game club them. Everyone should just well, play yeah, plus them. Well, yeah, we're doing Jade Empire, which is made by Bioware. <laughs> so otherwise, I'd be bioware up. So. I would be lying if I said that didn't. Uh, that my choice to you know kind of you know agree to Jade Empire and go into it was almost to cock block. It uh, it was <laughs> I, I we wanted to do it because Jam really likes it. It's one of his favorite games. Probably your favorite Xbox game. Yeah, probably, yeah. But it also happened to cock block Star Wars in the month that came out. And that was... So I had ulterior motives to green lighting that one for th- for December, just so everybody knows. And so that I've owned it. <laughs> um, Star Wars Battlefront. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to get to this one. That, one. that one's also out here as well, another biggie. <laughs> this one's pretty big too, huh? We know There's a lot much... to say about this. Well, did you play the shit out of these? I I didn't play the shit out of these, but I I did play well one and two. Well, one and two, and um, I briefly played Renegade on a uh, PSP as well, just to kind of get huh. you know, get a feel for it. Um, I mean, if you I never want to, <laughs> okay. That I have Battlefront two on Steam. Mm-hmm. It came in a bundle some at some point. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want to do an extra credit on that one and I'll do KOTOR? <laughs> we could do. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's okay. That's... <laughs> All right, Jam, that's your homework assignment. You have a week. <laughs> Just shoot it to me when you're done with it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, next up, 2004's Star Wars Republic Commando. Mm-hmm. This came out as first person shooter, squad based shooter. Xbox uh, Windows. Uh, have you played this? Yes, I have. I have this game. Okay. On, on Xbox, anyway. I have this on Xbox and PC. Mm-hmm. I have not booted it up on either. <laughs> I've heard good Fantastic. things, though. I've heard good things. Yes. It's essentially Halo on Star Wars, basically. I, like I said, I've heard good things. Uh, <laughs> is this multiplayer at all? I don't think... No, no, it's not. No multiplayer. Okay. Okay, then, because I was trying to figure out if my brother and I wanted to play through it split screen, but it looks like I yeah, can just hand him my Xbox <laughs> copy. I think it's backwards compatible, so he should be able to play it on his 360. So I'll hand him my Xbox copy. Uh, looks great and supports controllers on PC, so I think I know where I'm playing it. Um, 
I'll just add it onto the list of 4,000 other things to play. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it's wow, a fun game. A lot though. of awesome chat. Uh, but uh, yeah, you guys who aren't in the chat are missing out on some pretty awesome discussions about uh, PCs versus consoles at their time of release. And this goes way back. So you definitely want to join in the live chat. Anyway, I wanted to close on this. This is the last game we'll be talking about. And I have played this. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple of things to say about it that I really liked. Um, <clears throat> Jam, have you played Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith? Came yep. out on PS2, Xbox, Game Boy Advance, DS. I think I'm pretty much speaking for the console versions, yes, not I'm the console <laughs> versions. I only played the console versions of these ones. <laughs> I played it on Xbox. Where did you play it? I played it on PS2 first. Okay. And it really doesn't matter. It, no. In most of these cases, the only thing that you gained from playing the Xbox version was 5.1. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they were when it was multi ports like this. It was pretty much the same game, in my opinion. Maybe Xbox looked a little better. I don't know. Um, but this game I really liked. Mm-hmm. Did you like this game? Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I mean, it's one of those games that I liked so much that if you like this movie, I would tell you go grab a five ten dollar copy of this and play through it's it. It's very cheap for shits and well. Yes, um, because it was seen as a shitty licensed game. In fact, I don't think it reviewed too well. I mean, it's not by you know, by far. It's not a perfect game, but I, I had fun with it. Yeah, for a licensed game, it's pretty rock. It's an okay. It's a good game. It's not a great game. It's a good game, mm-hmm. um, and it 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 excels because it's a licensed game. Um, but it follows the plot line. You get to see a lot of the areas, you know, that are in the game. I believe there's even some star fighting scenes in this. I don't remember that. Uh, Maybe there's not, but I do. Uh, I remember mostly lightsaber attacking as Anakin. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you mix between Anakin and Obi Wan and platforming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, decent he- amount of platforming, especially <laughs> on the lava planet. Oh, on the lava planet, a boss battle with platforming. It was uh, it was interesting when you take on Obi Wan, uh, because or or did you get to pick? Did you get you, to be Obi Wan taking on Anakin or Anakin picking? Play as Obi Wan first, then you unlocked an alternative. Then you had to play the damn boss fight again. <laughs> yes, I, that that boss fight was quite a chore. I remember. Yes, it was, and I do remember that was the big thing. Was you could see the alternative ending if Anakin had won, mm-hmm. which wasn't really that amazing. <laughs> it wasn't worth it. He killed the Emperor, didn't he? Yeah, it was. He killed Darth Sidious. People, yeah. yeah. It's, um... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I probably <laughs> should have said so. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but basically, is um, he, he kind of portrays the emperor, really, and takes over the galaxy that but way. But that's exactly what a Sith should do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, many would argue the only reason Anakin didn't do that in the movie was because he didn't have the arms or legs. Yeah, <laughs> he had a bit. Of, he had a bit of a handicap. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. He was worse for wear when he was found. So anyway, um, but yeah, I was impressed with what that was, um, and I think it ended that trilogy down to the video games based off of it uh in a much more positive note mm-hmm. so anyway lots of star wars games came out after that but uh, we're gonna wrap it up here so stay tuned for a kotor and a battlefront uh extra credits going live mine will probably be over the weekend i'm gonna pre-record it because i'm out of town this weekend so i'll have it auto go live but don't worry jim i will have my laptop so whenever you get yours done i can take care of it no matter where i'm at okay um, plus we might be doing a show together anyway. <laughs> uh, so anyway, but with that, we are going to wrap up star Wars mm-hmm. and real quick at the end of this, I want to say next week is going to be a call in show, uh, that is about Christmas memories. Don't worry, jam. I do have a backup. 
So okay. if we don't get a whole lot of audience participation, fine. We'll tell a couple it. stories of our own. But I hope you guys do. Those of you who are in the chat have already gotten your uh, your heads up. If you want to be on this, please send any of your uh, stories to contact at GamingHistory101.com or click on contact at the main website. Um, <clears throat> if you want to be on the show and share this story, send your story in and then tell me you would like to be on the show, include your Skype handle, because that's what we're going to need. And you are going to need to be available between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time next Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. Preferably in the All Games chat. So that is the prerequisite. If you will be on and you do have a story, uh, you don't necessarily have to share the story, but give me the basic gist of what the story is going to be about so that I can kind of categorize everything and then give me your Skype handle so that I can add you as a friend. So anyway, with that in mind, we are going to wrap this up. You might want to come live also because there may be some glorious prizes. So allgames.com Tuesday night, 7 p.m. <laughs> so anyway, thank you, chatters. Thank you, Mr. Jam. Thank you, George Lucas, and everybody enjoy <laughs> Star Wars this week. And yes, I did just thank George Lucas. <laughs> Peace out. Thank you for George. <laughs> <laughs>